my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. What's up? And welcome back to the Fort Mid Podcast. Today is a very special guest, and it's someone that I've uh, looked up to for a while now and watched play baseball for really forever. I mean, if you played any uh, 2K, if you played any sports, you you, you played with Matt Holiday, and I'm uh, so grateful that he um, has taken the time out of his day to, to come just share some wisdom and, and have a conversation. So, Matt, man, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm back on the MLB The Show. I got a card this year. I'm back on. So um, if you're a video game guy, I'm starting to get – uh, some younger kids, uh, maybe that are recognizing me more now that I've been retired for five years that uh, appreciate the card uh, that I have on MLB The Show now. So um, I'm kind of coming back around on the video game circuit. I love it. I love it. What's your what's your rating? Well, you know, they only release like 99 cards. So it's like uh, from, you know, my my uh, my best years. I think it's a it's a they released it actually on Father's Day. They released a Jackson card and, and my card uh, on the same day. So um, my, you know, my, my, my 10 year old and then my 16 year old and then Jackson, they're all trying to, uh, it cost me like 40 bucks, I think to get both of us. Uh, so, you know, it was, uh, these guys have to buy these stubs and, and then they buy your card. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking to myself, shouldn't we get ourselves for free? But, um, you know, instant gratification. They need them, needed them, need them right now. You do. I know. Well, yeah, no, you, 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 you definitely should get that for free. I feel like, I feel like you've definitely earned that for sure. Well, if you, if you uh, if you're a baseball fan, then you uh, definitely know who Matt Holiday is, and I was gonna kind of make a joke of like if you don't know Matt Holiday, then you don't know you're not a baseball fan. Uh, but even just more than that, you know, you're a husband, a father. Uh, you help coach now at OSU. Um, I mean, seven time All Star. You're a World Series champion. You have such a just such a credible list of baseball man. I just you know, like I said, be, being someone who played baseball growing up, you're just you're an inspiration. So I'm really just thankful that you've taken the just taken the time to to chat yeah my pleasure i'm i'm happy to be on obviously uh, uh i've known your your father-in-law willie for a long time and and uh really respect him and, and y- y'all's family and and uh and the, and the work you're doing uh for the lord through a lot of different friends and and uh, we have a lot of mutual friends so i'm excited to come on with you awesome man well thank you so much so you know there's um obviously you played professional in, in in the big leagues for 15 years but even before that you played basketball and football you were offered to go play football at, at a at osu how you know what all sports did you play growing up and why do you feel like i mean maybe not why do you feel like why'd you end up choosing choosing to go mm-hmm. baseball so i, I played uh football and, and basketball as well as baseball obviously and and uh i, I love to play i love to compete i love sports um still to this day i love to go out and compete and, and be outside and, and and play and compete and stuff um but my dad was a baseball coach and, and is still, um, you know, is, is, uh, was as recently as this summer coaching in the Cape Cod League. So I, I grew up in a baseball family. My uncle's a scout. My brother is here now as the head baseball coach at Oklahoma State. And, um, so baseball kind of runs in our family. So, uh, and having the opportunity to play, to play football and baseball in college, uh, it was, it was a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I was a little torn and, and, and when I ended up going ahead and signing pro baseball with the Rockies instead of uh, coming to Oklahoma State to play football and, and baseball, uh, it was a difficult decision. But I think, you know, even remembering back to, to, to being a little kid, uh, I think the Lord placed in my heart that I wanted to be a pro baseball player. And, and my dream was to play in the major leagues. And uh, every time, you know, in school, they asked you to fill out what you want to be when you grow up. I always wrote baseball player. And um so I just think that that was something that, that I'd always aspired to do. And 
when I got drafted, I, I had two really good options in, in going to college, playing for my dad. Uh, I would have played one year with my brother um, or signing pro baseball and, and kind of pursuing my dream of, of playing Major League Baseball. I ended up doing that. Um, but uh, it doesn't mean I didn't think about it a few times of what it had been like to, to play football in college and, and, uh, and played for my dad and, and with my brother. But um, it, it felt like the right thing at, the, at that time. And, and uh, thankfully, uh, through some some trials and 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 some and struggles in the minor leagues, was able to make it to the major leagues and and uh, and had a, had a long career and and got a, got a chance to do a lot of really cool things. So um, I tell people it worked out pretty well, but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't have been a, a great experience to to go to college and play two sports either. Yeah. So your so your dad was the coach at OSU when you were in high school. Yeah, my dad had uh, my dad was here for a, uh, as an assistant to Gary Ward for 19 years and then uh, took over. Uh, as the head coach uh, for six years, um, and my brother actually played for both. He kind of was in the crossover from from Coach Ward to my dad. Um, so I, I would have played for him uh, with my brother. So, like I said, it would have been really neat. But obviously, yeah. uh, stubborn eighteen uh, year old Matt Holiday wanted to go play pro baseball and, and thought I was ready and and uh, went out and, and pursued that dream. Well, it's crazy because I mean, you had that opportunity. Then Jackson, like you said, your your you said your brother's the coach there now, right? Yeah, yeah. So so he could have gone to OSU to play for his uncle. Just y'all's, I mean, y'all y'all's family ties there are 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 pretty cool. And then even both how you you like like you said, you and Jackson both decided to go play pro ball instead of instead of going to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, his decision was a lot easier than mine. I mean, when you're the first pick in the draft <laughs> and they offer you eight million dollars. It's a lot easier than, than yeah. mine in, in the uh-huh. seventh in the seventh round. Uh, <laughs> for for uh, it was good it was good money at the time. Like it was it was my dad said you can sign for five hundred thousand after taxes and and that's what exactly what they gave me. Yeah. Um. So it was good money. It was a it was a good solid base for me to start my life. Uh. As far as you know to to put that away, but uh, Jackson, you know, there's not much better you can do in going to college than being the first pick. So nobody nobody around our family or around here. Um, put up much of a fight in trying to convince him that the better option was playing college baseball. Yeah. So, so what you're saying was if you were in his shoes, it would have been less of a dilemma to go on to play for your dad and play football. Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> like when you, when you're the first pick and, and you get, uh, uh, that kind of, that kind of money, I don't think that there's anywhere to go, but down, uh, yeah. you know, if you, if you go no, to college. Sure. So, um, it was, it was obviously a really cool experience watching him get to be the first pick and, and, uh, to get a chance to go and do and chase his dreams. So, um, he's off to a great start. And, and, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a different, different, different decision for him than me. Well, man, even just, you know, hearing you talk and, you know, following you on social media and just hearing a lot of the stuff that you put out, you, you really prioritize your family, you know, your wife, your, your kids and, and your faith. Is that, is your faith specifically something that, um, you always had growing up or was that something that they, they, that you found throughout, you know, throughout your life? And how did, how did your faith kind of help impact those early years when, when you, when you got drafted? Yeah. You know, um, so I didn't really grow up in church. Um, my dad was a baseball coach here. Um, we, uh, on Sundays, we just didn't go to church. He was coaching baseball. And, and so I, I always, um, felt that there was God. I, I felt presence. I felt that God was, um, after my heart. I didn't know much about Jesus. And so I was, uh, I remember as a kid pondering, you know, like what my purpose is, why am I here? Like what, how do I make sense of life at times? And, and, uh, and so into the minor leagues, um, I had some really cool mentors, um, some older guys on teams that, um, that, that, uh, ended up kind of taking me under their wing, inviting me to chapel, um, starting to, to, to speak life and in, in, to me through, through Jesus and, and like what that was all about and got me interested in, in, in reading my Bible. And, and, uh, so really, um, about that time I met my wife and, and, and she was kind of coming back around. She grew up in church and then kind of started to develop her own faith around the time we met. And so I would say right about 19, 20 years old is when, um, you know, I was saved and, and started to kind of pursue my relationship with Jesus. I was very young in the faith. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I was, um, I didn't even know the, the popular stories, you know, very well. So, um, I, uh, I started to, to study the Bible. I started to be, uh, mentored by a lot of God placed a lot of, uh, people in my life, uh, both in the minor leagues and the major leagues, pastors, friends, chaplains, um, uh, 
it's had a lot of how about great mentorship and a lot of great discipleship from a lot of different people. Um, and so that's kind of shaped my faith and who I am today. I had a lot of tremendous teammates in the major leagues, guys like Adam Wainwright and um, Lance Berkman and, and, and a lot of guys that, that poured into me and that we were able to sharpen each other. And um, the Cardinal, we had a couple Cardinal teams where we'd have 15, 20 guys in, in uh, Bible study. And so um, I've, I've got a chance to be around a lot of great uh, men of faith uh, that have influenced my heart uh, for Jesus and have helped me and my parenting and my husband uh, being a husband and, and a good husband. And, and um, so uh, all that to say is I wasn't really raised in church, but yeah. um, God pursued me and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, Jesus has been a huge part of my life and, and he, he's, he is, you know, the, the rock of my life. And then out of that flows, of my, my desire to be a great husband and a great father and for my kids uh, to love Jesus, to know about Jesus, to expose them to great um, teaching and and uh, and try to make sure that uh, it is their faith. But we want, obviously, as parents to, to present that. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. A way um, that is that God honoring. You know, because base, baseball is such an interesting sport, right? It's it's such a game of failure. It's if you if 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 you hit three hundred, which is you get a hit every you know you get you get three hits every ten at bats. You're basically a Hall of Famer. Um, how do you feel like being a man of faith and and having you know that foundation allowed you to deal with failures? Maybe going through a slump mm-hmm. or, or or going through things that you know at that level that you know that were critical a lot of people yeah. you know when you get to a certain level it's so easy to put your identity in something like that right when people you know sure. stop playing it's it, it it's it can be detrimental to, to them how do you feel like you know maybe even just looking around at people that you know that that didn't have that fund- that foundation that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that that didn't have that faith how do you feel like having that for you kind of helped go through things that you know, at, at, at your level were, were difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you don't do it perfectly. Right. So, um, it was, it was a huge part of, of, of my experience and looking back, you know, at, at age 43, um, you get the chance to look back and how you handle things and what, what was, what was really maybe did well and what you didn't do well. Um, I think there is temptation in pro sports to get wrapped up into, um, all the things, the worldly things that come with that. Um, I think that having Jesus and, and being able to reframe my mind to where it was an opportunity to use this platform uh, to honor him. And, and how can I use these this small clip of time in my life to, to do things that, that are kingdom honoring? And so, um, you know, looking through it and, and that lens, I, I feel like provided us some of our greatest joy um, with you know, our, our homers for health program that we started in St. Louis that has raised over $4 million for, uh, Cardinal Glennon hospital for sick and injured kids and the relationships that we built through that program. And, um, you know, that was a huge sort of joy. And, and while it was very difficult to see and, and you make friends with families and kids that, you know, sometimes didn't make it, um, that's very difficult to walk through those things. It was also very rich for our souls. Uh, to, to be using a platform to, to help others. And um, so I, I think that the perspective that, that following Jesus offers you in pro sports is, uh, does allow it to be more fun. It allows it to be more joyful. Um, but I didn't do it perfect. Like you hear me, hear me right when I say that, yeah, I mean, I was 
there was times when I was frustrated. There was times when I was, um, you know, wrapped up in the results of, of baseball and how good I'm doing and what it leads to and how do I make, uh, how do I get this contract that leads to this? That, um, so I, I didn't do it perfect, but I, I think in looking back, um, with the, the help and the mentorship, um, that I think that Jesus was with me the whole time. It did allow me to handle the ups and downs of, of pro baseball, um, with, with, a with a more heaven, with a more godlike frame of mind. Um, like I said, I didn't do it perfect, but it definitely was a huge benefit, uh, to, to be a believer in Jesus and a believer that there is eternal value, uh, to things, you know, that, 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 you know, being part of a, a Colby Rasmus's, um, life and him coming to know Jesus, uh, down the line, you know, 10 years later, he comes back and says, Hey, uh, I just want to thank you guys for the way you treated me when, when I was a young kid. And now that I know Jesus and you inviting me to, to chapel, those kind of things are, are more important to me than, than having, you know, sort of this ring of winning a world series or a, 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 a platinum bat that I won for a silver slugger. Like those things are cool, but this is eternal. And I think that that was something um, and looking back, if I had to talk to younger players that I would, I would have them keep in mind. Yeah. That's maybe think of the verse where, you know, Jesus is talking about what is it, you know, what is the gain if you, or, or you know, if, if, if you gain the whole world, but yet you forfeit mm-hmm. your soul, right? There's, there's so many temporal things that we can strive to, which maybe in, in and of themselves aren't bad things, but if you make mm-hmm. that, you know, if you make that what it's all about, then you are going to end up being, you know, let down because those things can't ultimately fill the void in you that that I feel like God's put in all of us, and that, that's even just cool to hear you say that as someone who has been super successful, who does have a lot of accolades, but it's also, you know, but that's still temporal, right? There, there's still eternal mm-hmm. things that we that we can set our hope on, and that that's that's really cool to hear you say that. I, I think when you go to Solomon, like you talk about this guy, he's like, look, I've had it all. Like I've had, I'm more rich than you. I've had more ladies than you. I've done all the things that you think are awesome, and I count it all as rubbish. Like it's all. You yeah. know, a vapor of wind. Like it's, 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 it doesn't, uh, it doesn't fill that hole in our heart, um, that we desire for meaning, for purpose, for, for, um, you know, to, to have an impact on the world. It doesn't fill it. And so I think that that's, uh, you know, something as you read through scripture and, and like you talking about, um, but, you know, Solomon was, was the richest man, you know, maybe ever. And he's like, I, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. And so I think that that's, it's a good reminder. It's a good teaching point for my kids and, and, uh, for all of our kids, I think. Um, but yeah, it for sure is, uh, like I said, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I guess the point is, is the impact and the things, the things that people maybe look at a pro athlete and say, that must have been so fun. It was fun, but the things that brought me real joy were the impact that, that God let me be a part of. And I tell people, you know, God kind of let me have a, have a, a small piece in Colby Rasmus is, is coming to know Jesus or, um, these families that you get to impact with the money that God places in your care. Um, so that to me was, was the most gratifying part of the, of the job. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause even, you know, hearing, hearing, hearing you speak earlier, you went through so many life change or life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess life changes playing professional baseball. You, you, you know, you weren't married when you got drafted, but then you got married and then you have, you know, you'll have four kids, right? So you have, mm-hmm. you've had kids throughout, th- throughout your whole career. How, because baseball is such a time consuming thing, right? There's 162 games a year. If you don't make it uh, further, mm-hmm. how do you feel like maybe as, as you know, your career, your career even evolved, you were still able to prioritize the things that you wanted to keep priority in? Yeah. And that was the thing. So Leslie and I got married young. She was 20. I was 19. Or no, we got engaged then. She was 21. I was 20. Um, we had Jackson when, when I was 23 and she was 24. Um, so we had, we had Jackson young. Um, but we always, you know, put our marriage and our, in our, in our family as, as the main priority. Um, we would, we stayed together. And, and, and even when the kids got a little bit older, you know, I played for 15 years. So by the time I was done, Jackson was, was 15 years old. Um, there might be a few gaps in Jackson's education as far as moving around and, and taking him in and out of schools. And, and, uh, but we always made it a priority. It was, it was more important for us, 
uh, to stay together, to be a family, for them to travel some. Um, and, and Leslie made a lot of sacrifices in traveling with small kids so that we didn't go uh, big chunks of periods of time without being together, without being around each other. And, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. She allowed me to play as long as I did because she was willing to travel and stay with me and uh, maybe not the ideal case scenario for her and raising kids, but it was important enough for us both to be together as a family that I was able to play until 38 years old and, and, uh, and, and didn't feel like I missed a ton. I mean, obviously you miss things um, when you have that many games and that long of a schedule, but uh, I didn't, I didn't leave the game bitter about missing things. And she didn't leave the game bitter about me not being there for her and the kids for 15 years. Um, so I, I think that that was something really healthy that we did. Um, but I would say like, you know, there, there, there was some sacrifice in the kids' education, which, you know, they'll catch up on and they've caught up on and they're, and, uh, Jackson still counts on his fingers, but that's okay. You know, it's like, uh, um, you know, it's, it's part of the sacrifice, but, uh, all that to say is, is that was my one, number one priority after my, my, my relationship with Jesus was, was my, my, my wife and my kids and for us to, to be together and, and sacrifice for one another so that we could keep a, a family tight knit. They came to the field with me all the time. Uh, thankfully, the Cardinals and the Rockies were were great organizations as far as letting me have my boys around and and uh, and and take them to the field. And sometimes I got to take them on road trips with just me and the two boys, and uh, it was really cool. And so I, I think it was it was a good experience for the kids uh, growing up in the game. That's really cool. Well, I was gonna. It's it's um it's funny because I mean when. You know, you you just said Jackson has to count on his fingers, but when he got drafted, he did not have to count much. It was just, it was a simple, <laughs> it was just a simple one finger. It was an easy count. Yeah. It was an easy count. Was an e- My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Do you feel like, like, maybe sporadic's not, not the best word for it, but how do you think... Just kind of the um, maybe this maybe maybe the spontaneous the, the spontaneity of it kind of has helped him, you know, because yeah, this is his first year in, in pro baseball. How do you feel like just kind of that spontaneity has has, has already helped him with mm-hmm. with what he's doing now? I mean, he's in Double A and he's absolutely crushing it. Yeah, you know, I think um, it prepared him well. He got to see a lot of things. He 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 got yeah. to see uh, tremendously talented players who worked really hard, who turned out to be great. He got to see talented players who didn't have a tremendous work ethic that didn't really fulfill their potential. Um, he got to see dynamics in a locker room of leadership and servant leadership and were, you know, guys that were maybe a little bit more entitled and guys that were very humble. He got to see, you know, kind of behind the scenes of pro sports at a young age. And, and even at a, you know, 14, 15 year old age where he was, old enough to really understand what was going on. Um, I definitely think it, it, it helped has helped him understand what it takes and, and sort of the lifestyle and how to, um, he, he's always been a very mature firstborn, like very mature kid that, um, his brain is, is, is super mature as far as handling failure and, and how to process and compete. And, uh, and so, I definitely think the the growing up and in, in a and the pro lifestyle and traveling and um, you know staying in hotels and, and and all the things that he got to experience as a kid is has benefited 
uh, you know, first of all, it, it allowed us, I think, to trust that, that he was in a good spot to sign a professional contract at 18 years old. Um, we tried to prepare him as much as we could on the last year and a half of, hey, this is how you do this. These are the little things. Make sure you can cook well enough to take care of yourself. Um, you know, so just trying to make sure that, that we could do everything as parents to prepare him when this looked like it was going to be sort of what was going to happen. But um, he's a he's a great kid. Um, he's he's very humble. He's he's uh, he's very mature. Um, and so it's it's definitely been a big part, I think, of his success. Um, but uh, he's a he, he, he's a very aware and 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 has noticed and and he's a kid that takes everything in he doesn't talk a ton um but he's a he's he's very, you know paying attention you know as that um even just before the podcast we were talking you have another son ethan who's in 2025 who's i mean he's the number one ranked player in 2025 i mean did you ever think that you would have two sons who would i mean be as as good at as 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 good at baseball as they are. You know, I, I don't know that I ever thought about it that that far, but I always knew that they loved baseball, and I always told them, even when they were little, like I'll pitch to you all day, I'll hit you ground balls all day, if it's your idea, if you love it, if you want to be out here. If you don't want to be out here, then I don't want to be out here. You know, I'm not going to force you to to play or to work hard or to to do the extra what it takes. Um, but here, if this is what you love then then we know what it takes and I'm, I'll help you get to what you want to do um, and do everything in my power to to, to support you. And, and we take them and, and spend the money to travel and um, to play in all these games because they love it. Um, and so I, I, I guess I, I never really thought far enough. I, I always knew they were talented and and um, and pitching to them and, and hitting them grounders and watching them play. They were uh, they were talented and they loved it, which I knew was a good combination because in baseball, if you love to practice and, and you love the day in day out grind of it, then you have a chance to be really good. And so um, the combination of God given ability with their desire and passion to play it, um, I knew that I knew that this could be something that they could pursue professionally. Um, and so. It's been fun. Like you shared passion with your kids makes it that much better. Right. I mean, I, you know, if they were passionate about drawing, I probably wouldn't be able to participate. I'd have to hire somebody else or they were passionate about playing the guitar. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't get to participate much in it. But, uh, the fact that they're passionate about something I'm passionate about is it makes, it makes it a lot of fun. So it's, uh, it's been enjoyable. And then we have Reed and and our, our, my 10 year old, who's starting to really get into baseball. He doesn't remember my career, but he thinks Jackson's super awesome. Um, and so, uh, that's been fun. And then Grayson, our, our 13 year old daughter is a trooper and she just loves to come and be with the family when we travel in the summers and we find fun things to do. And, and, uh, and she's, uh, she's more into like tumbling and stuff, but, uh, she didn't really ever get the softball bug, but, um, but not to leave her out. I mean, she's such an awesome kid and, and loves to support her brothers. And, and, uh, and so, um, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Like I said, to share a passion with your kids and, and, uh, but did I know that they were going to be, um, you know, a potential number one pick and then Ethan in the top of his class. I mean, it's always hard to, to say that, but, uh, yeah. I, I do love their passion for the game. Yeah. Well, even just, I mean, man, even just aside from baseball, I feel like, I'm just going to assume that you're a super competitive person. How do you feel like, you know, as a parent, you can help steward and shepherd your kids and, and, you know, and encourage them to, you know, to call them up, but, but not to, but not in a way that maybe feels like, you know, like they failed, whatever, like, like if, if Jackson goes over four, you know, or something like that, and it's not like, or, or Ethan, whatever, or, or your daughter with tumbling or, you know, you can encourage your kids to an extent, but not to where it feels like overbearing. Because I feel like I, th I think a lot of times, I mean, and, I mean, and I'm even seeing this. You know, we have a two year old and, and a two month old, and you know, encouraging our, our two year old honey with, with things. Uh, but I'm also like, but I know that you can do more. But it not coming off to a point where it feels like you know it's not enough. How do yeah. you feel like you've you've stewarded your kids in a in a position to where um, you've encouraged them, you know, with, with what they're great at, but you also call them up to, to their potential, but not making them feel like they're not doing enough. If that yeah. makes sense. 
I, I think that for me and, and knowing their personality, right, I didn't do this great initially with, with Jackson and Ethan, but I think the one thing, your first two kids, you're sort of feeling your way out about how to parent, how you want, what kind of parent you want to be, what you liked about you were, how you were raised, what you didn't, uh, maybe how you want a different style on certain, you know, issues than, than maybe your parents used with you. Um, so I think you learn how, what kind of parent you are. And then like Jackson and Ethan are really different in how they like to be parented slash coached. Um, and so me learning that them and their personalities and what kind of learners they were and, or are and, and how to present what I think might help them. Uh, I might have to do it differently with both of them. And so, and, and then even Grayson and Reed, uh, as well. Um, so I, I think that that's been something that I've learned and, and getting to be a parent now for 19 years is, is you learn your kids, you learn how they like to be talked to. Um, there was always one thing, effort and, and respect that I would not tolerate that we were not going to, you know, I don't, I don't, you give me that you're going to play hard. You're going to run. You're going to respect your coaches. You're going to respect your teammates. Now, if you don't do those things, you're in real trouble, but the results and you go over four with four strikeouts. I'm not coming down on you. Let's talk about it. If you want to talk about it, if you don't want to talk about it, that's where you start to learn your kids about how they process things. And so, so Jackson's a, Hey, give me everything. Hey, give me everything. Um, when you see it, if you see something, say something in my mechanics, whatever. Um, Ethan is, I had to learn that he has to come to me. Um, and, and just, I just throw to him and just, if it starts to go bad and, and he gets frustrated and I can't match his frustration or get onto him, I have to let him cool off, come to me and say, Hey, what do you see? And then he gives me a chance to speak into what I see or, or to help him, um, with, with whatever he's struggling with. Um, so I think just learning how to parent your kids differently. Um, but I, that was always something to me like, Hey, look, if I'm going to pull you off the field, if you don't give effort, and, and you, and you disrespect coaches or other players like that. I will embarrass you. I'll take you and we'll, we'll go home because that's not tolerable. But the, you know, if you make an error, or if you strike out, I mean, those things, they don't bother. I know how hard the game is and sports are, and that's never been anything that's like bothered me. Um, but as far as, you know, respecting people and respecting coaches and treating people the right way, um, those were all the things that I told them, like, look, these aren't, these aren't negotiable. Like this is, you know, this is how we, we act as a family. And this is what we do as believers in Jesus. Like, this is how we, um, how we do things. Now they don't get it right all the time. And there's been times where I've been very close to taking Ethan and putting him in the car and, and driving off and embarrassing the crap out of him. Um, but I think it has been effective, uh, at least to this point. So, um, all that to say is, you know, I, I hope that answered your question. I'm starting to make sure I that was was that did I answer no, your whole question? I don't no, know. yeah, it did. Well, no, because I mean, I can even, you know, I mean, even like my brother plays, you know, he plays professional baseball too, and it's like, I feel like even I can see this myself of like, I'll be, I can be happier if he throws four scoreless versus if he pitches, you know. If let's say he starts and he, and he and he doesn't get out of the first inning and he gets mm-hmm. you know walk hit bat or home run, then I, I I can I can sense you know I can just see me being you know more upset, mm-hmm. and that's my brother. Let alone you know let alone my kid. Um, so just even you know taking that of like, you know I can see how at times a frustration like that could feel like you're putting pressure on him. Right? It's like mm-hmm. he's you know, he's not as content in me or whatever because I didn't perform as well mm-hmm. as he would have liked to have. And and even just kind of taking that in, into, you know, into my own family of, of, of not wanting, you know, whatever sports my daughters end up wanting to do, you know, let's say basketball. It's like if she scores 30 points, then I'm the happiest dad. Then if she, if she scores five, then it's like she feels like she's, you know, she feels like I'm disappointed because she did not perform as well as she did just kind of finding that balance of how mm-hmm. how to parent in a way that's like you want to encourage your kids to be the best that they can be but not but do it in a way that they don't feel like you're holding them up to a standard that's not really realistic it's your time join global thought leader executive producer and new york times best selling author td jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other 
At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to, like, encouraging them. Like, if you don't like the result, okay, well, let's let's figure out why we didn't like the result and let's go practice it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if, if, if you only scored five points in a game and you missed a couple layups, you missed, a, okay, well let's, let's figure out, okay. Like in a, in a very under control conversation, if he didn't like the results, what happened and how do we fix it? And so like, okay, so let's put up, let's try to shoot a hundred shots from this spot on the court. Uh, this week, or, you know, let's make sure we make 50 free throws a day for the next week. Or, you know, just, I think in, in coming up with ways to encourage them that's practical without them feeling like, uh, you're disappointed. And, and, you know, I think sometimes we're disappointed because we know how much they want it, right? So I obviously, I want my kids to get a hit every time, but I'm not disappointed because it's a reflection on me. I'm disappointed because I know how much they want it and how much they, uh, they, they want to be good. They want to, you know, they, they've put in the time and, and maybe they didn't get the result. So mm-hmm. it's okay. I think it's healthy to feel disappointed for them, but I think that it's not disappointed in them. And so yeah. I, um, I think sometimes parents and unhealthy is that we think it's a reflection on us as parents that they're not doing well, or I'm, I want them to do well because it makes me look good, not because they love the game and they want to do well. And so I I think that that's really where it gets a little bit, it can get a little bit messy when we think everything is about us and how it looks, how I look, as opposed to, I just, I want you to do well because I love you. And I know that you want to do well. And if you don't do well, let me help you. How can I help you uh, practice more or, um, you know, is, is it a, is it a mental thing? Is it, is it your thought process? Let's talk through that. Like, what are you thinking in the box or what are you thinking? You know, are you, are you playing with confidence? Um, so that would be my advice, uh, to people that have kids, they're athletes that they want to encourage and they want, um, they get frustrated with their kids about, about performance. They need to check and see why, like, a little inner inspection. Are you mad at your kids because mm-hmm. it's a reflection on you as a, like you want them to do well. So you look good. Or is this really about your kids and, and wanting them to do well because they love it? Yeah, that's so good. There really is such a distinction between, yeah, being disappointed for them versus being disappointed in them. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think, I think sometimes baseball can really breed that such like a, you know, because there's there's a lot of baseball players with a lot of big egos, right? That's like, mm-hmm. you know, it can be such a just such an egotistical thing. And I mean, I even from what I played, I mean, I saw that as like, you know, people, especially parents, can find such a, you know, such an identity in in, in their kids' success, especially you know mm-hmm. with something like baseball. It's like, you know, if if little Johnny does so good, then they're going to come up and congratulate the parents, and then like that just breeds. Mm-hmm. such just such a thing on your kids that you know they can't handle that weight and hearing you kind of delegate that's really it's re- it's really cool to, to really break down that difference between yeah you are disappointed for them because you know that they want to do well they work super hard versus dis- being disappointed like at them there there there's mm-hmm. a difference there yeah i mean i think that that's you know again like i think i have experience that maybe parents some parents so i have compassion for parents i mean I know how hard baseball is. I know the frustrations that came along. So I feel like I can speak from a place of experience to my boys that might be a, a healthier place than somebody who never played. Um, so I, I get it. Like, I know that it's, it's difficult at times because a lot of these parents spend a lot of money in trying to get their kids in these tournaments and they, they spend a lot of their time and money and, and, and travel baseball or travel sports that it's almost like, they want the return of the kid being good enough to get a scholarship. So somehow it was worth it to put all the time and money into it that they need the return on their money and time 
of being a professional or getting a scholarship to a good school so that they don't have to pay for college. And so I think sometimes we, we put so much time and money and energy into our kid being great at this sport because we, we need it to come back to us that when it doesn't come back the way we envisualize it or we visualize it, that now I'm frustrated and now it's, it's, it's not turning out how I, what I, I'm not getting my return on it. And so, um, I think that's something to at least consider as well. Cause even too, you know, when you were just talking, I'm, I, uh, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming perfect game was not a thing when you were coming up. If I had to guess. Okay. No, I didn't no think so. it wasn't. Well, and, and they had just started some area code and USA baseball stuff when I was, yeah. you know, sort of in high school. So, but yeah, now, I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's so many PBR, there's um baseball factory, there's perfect game. You could go play in a tournament, um, just about every weekend of the entire season or the entire year, really, in, in baseball. Yeah. I think you could go anywhere. If, if, if you were, if you had the money and the time, you could go play in a tournament nowadays. Where back when we, or when I was growing up, you know, it was like Legion ball and then like two other things. And that was it. Like you, you just, there wasn't yeah. these, these, all these opportunities. So, um, I tell parents all the time, if your kid is really good, college coaches and scouts will find them. I mean, they, Bobby Jinx was a closer for the White Sox. And, and, uh, I think he was in, a, he wasn't even in school. He was in North Dakota in high school. Or he wasn't even in school and, and, and threw a bullpen in a barn and got signed. And so like this idea that you have to play in every, every tournament everywhere to get a scholarship or, or to be a professional prospect, I think is, is not true. And it's really kind of funny too, because you can, you can be crushing it at your local high school, right? And then you get you get scouted, but then you want to take it up a notch. Then you go to these bigger tournaments, and then you end up, you know, facing better pitching. And then you don't do well. Then it actually hurts. Then it actually hurts mm-hmm. the credibility that you had built up at your local high school. Because yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, I, th- I think that so much of consumption of something can just be dangerous, especially, you know, with something like, you know. What, what what's what's your rating on perfect game or, or baseball yeah. america or baseball factory whatever yeah. and then you know because it's all these statistics and then you're it's it's you know comparison and then you're trying to achieve something and then because it, it then i think that's just when you kind of end up resenting it and burning out but i think obviously there's people that 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 overcome that then it doesn't face them but yeah i do think that there can be such a pressure from parents on that uh on their kids just just from things i've seen no, on, on, on a lot smaller scale than I'm sure, than I'm sure what you're, what, um, than I'm sure what you've seen. But yeah, I think that, I think that it's interesting how it's evolved from when you started to where it is now of year round and, and all these organizations that are just, cause obviously we know all the positive benefits, right? It's, it's getting you more exposure. There's, there, there's, there's plenty of positive things, but I think that there's also negative things that, that maybe we, kind of turn a blind eye to at times because the maybe the positives overshadow it for sure and i think it goes back to a lot of now like with social media the comparison and what robs our joy and when we talk about i mean it could be girls it could be boys like just the whole instagram social media you know they have all these snapchat all this stuff of of all the comparison and you're constantly worried about um you know, I think just the wrong things, you know, and like you're talking about the rankings and like, oh, I'm not ranked this. I'm not ranked that or he's ranked that he shouldn't be. And they start all this. This It's just not yeah. healthy. And and just getting back to like just the process of getting better at BU, like you get, it's this is a long, you know, this is a marathon, like the running the race of the day to day and and baseball particular, like you just trying to get a little bit better, trying to get a little bit better. But, you know, nowadays, you know, it's just so much of. Uh, looking at Instagram and looking at this and looking at that. And I think in life, you know, kids in general, this is a difficult time with comparison, um, with so much social media and, 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 you know, it's, I don't know. I I think at least for me and, and for the kids, like, I just encourage them, like, just be where your feet are. Like, just stop worrying about everybody else. And, um, you know, it's easier said than done. I think with young people now, cause this is kind of what they've grown up into, but I, I don't know that it's it's very healthy. And for sure, because I mean, and 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 I I want to ask you this next question. But even you know, just hypothetically, like your son Ethan, who's ranked number one, if 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 that was you, right? Then you go and have a bad tournament, and then you drop to four. You know, then it's like chasing, almost like chasing a thing of like what was, and it's like, but then you're in your head of, you know, of of why did I do bad that tournament? How can I get back to the top or whatever? Like 
things like that can breed, especially, you know, when, when people are 15, 16, 17, like, especially with social media and with, with all these different platforms, like it can be such a, you know, earlier you said instant gratification, like there really is something about, uh, you know, just cell phones and all these things that do get that, 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 that do get you that gratification that when you lose it, it's almost like you're just so desperate to kind of get it back. Well, not only, man, you know, are you a coach with your, you know, with your sons and with your, uh, just with your family, but you're also a coach at OSU. What do you feel like has been, um, for you, one of the most fundamental tools that you've kind of helped these guys that you are help coaching and leading become, become men? You know, I think the the coolest part, I mean, I love baseball and I love talking hitting and, and the mechanics and the fundamentals of hitting. But I think that the, probably the most gratifying and the thing that I've, I've enjoyed the most is is we have a we started up a Bible study on Sunday nights at our house. Um, and it started out with a few baseball players and it's it's kind of blossomed into 30 or 40 primarily athletes uh, from the campus. Uh, that come to our house on Sunday nights and we make them dinner and we, we cook food and, um, and, and Leslie and I lead a, a, a Bible study and, and they hang out and, uh, the relationships that have been built through that and the opportunity to mentor, uh, young people that at that age, you know, kind of first time away from home, you're talking about 18 to 23. Um, some have zero faith backgrounds. Some are very churched. Some are, are, are pretty mature in their faith. And so just kind of this variety of, of kid that, that come into our house on Sunday nights and, um, and, and, and Leslie and I have had a, an opportunity to, to, to speak into their lives and, and be a part of their lives and offer them, um, an open door policy where they can come to our house and, and anytime they need, um, has been really cool and something that, that I've really loved and has, a, has really been fulfilling. Uh, and, 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 you know, not playing ball anymore and, and you're looking for something that, you know, to, to have job, to, to, to have impact on, on people. Um, so that's been, that's been my favorite part. Um, that's been the part that, that, uh, is, is most fulfilling, but like I said, helping young guys understand what it takes to be a pro. A lot of them come here. Uh, they want to be pros, uh, with their mouth, they say, I want to play major league baseball and, and, and being able to show them and teach them how to back that up because a lot of them say it, but there's sacrifice involved and, and, and putting your, your actions and your behavior where your mouth is, uh, is something that, that, that some of them have to understand, right? Like you have to do extra, you know, it's a, it's a holistic approach to, to being a great athlete, uh, to being a great baseball player. Uh, you say you want one thing, but your actions show me that you don't really want that. And so that's been fun for me to, to kind of give them some tough love sometimes when they need it about matching their actions with their, with their, uh, what they want out of baseball and what they want out of their, their, their time here at Oklahoma State. Um, so that was, that was something that, that I've, I've really liked, um, and being a part of, but, uh, you know, just, just being part of their lives and giving them, um, uh, a place to, to, to hang out if they need to hang out to get away from campus a little bit, or they need to come fish in the pond or, uh, come, uh, play basketball or, or just come out to the house and swim or, you know, just, just being part of their lives and giving them, uh, a little bit of support away from home has been something that we've really, really enjoyed. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause even like, you know, one of my disto- stories that I love in the Bible is just, you know, this idea of, well, really, the whole the whole New Testament is just such an evangelistic thing, right? It's it's you know go and make disciples, and it's meeting people with with where they're at, and that's really you know this podcast it's called Four Eight Men, and it's, it's where Paul tells Timothy that physical training is of some value, but but godliness has value for all things. So really, just just this idea that I'm passionate about of like man, like how you train your body, like it. Paul says it is of, it's it's a value, but it's you know, but it's not of it's not of ultimate value, right? You know, earlier we talked about temporal things and then eternal things like this body is temporal, but how, how, with what I'm doing with the things God's given me, what am I doing it to make, to make eternal uh, impact? And even just hearing you with baseball, it's like, that's something that you're passionate about. So how can I be evangelistic with this hobby, right? With, with, with this sport, Mm -hmm. with this job, how can I meet people with, um, you know, with this, um, with this, with this thing that we share, like you talked about earlier, 
you know, if your sons uh, love to draw, you wouldn't really have much to relate to it because you don't draw. Or, or same with the guitar, but with baseball, you're able to to talk about Jesus in a way with people that you know are like minded as you. And, and it's cool to see you kind of have that same evangelistic spirit while mentoring guys that are playing baseball because that like that's what they're that's what they're passionate about but how can you also change how can you take that passion for baseball and make it be also about you know jesus like what's more important is it more important to win a world series or is it more important to you know raise money for your local hospital and lead people to jesus like if it's a world series then maybe you might need to you know realign your um you know your perspective on things and and kind of you know, what you're pouring your time into. Cause I think that sometimes we can get so wrapped up in, you know, in worldly things that we do lose sight of, um, you know, of, of the eternal things that, that you talked about. So it's cool. It's cool to see you talk about, uh, you know, just the ways that you've really lived out baseball and just the faith that's come from that and just the lessons that you made and the relationships that you've had and the people that you've led to Christ through, through baseball. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that, you know, it's not really an option. Like when Jesus talks about going and making disciples, like when you've been saved, like it's not, hey, maybe you should go and share the good news or go and tell people or go and make disciples. Like it's a commandment. And I think that's something like it's a responsibility, I think, as a believer in Jesus for us to be the hands and feet on the ground. And so, um you know, I, I think that that's something that that I feel like is God is teaching me, and and uh, that that that's part of who we are. Like that's that should be the spirit that comes out of us, and that's what people should notice that there's something different about us. And so that's been, um, you know, I think that that's that's a that's a something that I love about you know being around young people and, and earning the the right to talk to them about Jesus and and being able to, you know, through through relationship and through how you treat them they become interested or, or they give you a, a, an ear, they give you a, a, an ear to hear what you might have to say with, you know, if you just come at them sort of cold Turkey, like he, Hey, you, what do you, what do you think about Jesus? You know, that th- they might shun you away or, or not want to hear it. But I think in building relationship with them and trust with them and out of that, getting to share with them uh, about Jesus, I think has been something that, has, has been very effective and, and, and more my style. I mean, you know, I think there's some people that are just amazing. Like Adam Wainwright is amazing to go up to a stranger and turn the conversation into, Hey, what do you, what do you do with Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? And, and that's sort of his gift. But my gift is, is I feel like is more relational and it's more of um, getting to know people and then being able to share the gospel or, or, or be able to bring it up in, in a way that, that um, is, is more, um, I guess maybe a longer term um, relationship, but I don't know. I guess uh, everybody has different gifts and, and, and I'm well, trying to tap, tap into mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Jesus says, go and make disciples. Like there's like, he doesn't say go and just make converts, right? There's a difference mm-hmm. between, you know, like how can you be evangelistic in the way that, you know, you know, even like you, even you sharing the story with Adam, like there's people that are so gifted at, evangelism but then there's also people that are gifted at relational and that are, that are gifted at, at at discipleship and i think that the, that the two the two really you know they really coincide they go they go hand in hand how can you evangelize and how can you share your faith but also you know not just leave it at that right how can you mm-hmm. daily mentor and disciple guys because that's what jesus says it's you know to to teach them and to obey everything i've commanded you uh it's not just a one-time thing right you're building relationships you're you know, you're sharing your faith, you're, you're opening your house, you're, you're cooking meals. There's such a family thing. Like if you read the book of Acts, like that's what they were doing. Like they were living in community with each other and just, yeah, I mean, you're, you, you, you just make disciples. That's like, that's what you do. That's, that's really cool. It's people have all different kind of, of gifts and abilities. You know, some are, uh, more intellectual, some are more, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hosting people, some are more, uh, you know, here's the gospel. I'm going to just give you the gospel straight. Some are more pastors or preachers or whatever. Like there's all these mm-hmm. gifts that we have, but yeah, the gift of discipleship is one that I think is lacking currently kind of in, in, in the church and in our faith. And that's cool to hear you talk about how that's your gift. Cause I think many people, 
you know, many people don't because it takes work, right? It takes, it takes time and effort to really pour into people and, and, and to, to, to truly make disciples. Yeah. And, and there's times where, you know, we, we live kind of down on this, this hill, the hill, the people come into our drive, they come down the hill and it'll be 1045 at night and there'll become a car or truck coming down the, down the driveway. And Leslie and I look at each other like, Hey, who's, do you, do you know somebody's coming? No. And it'll be a, a college couple at 1045 at night that come down that, that need to talk and, and are having relational uh, issues that, you know, they need mentorship on. And so here they come in and, and we're like, all right, here we go. You know, sometimes it's not always, like you said, it's not always convenient and it's not always good timing. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, that's what we signed up for. And when we said, you know, our house is open to you, uh, there's times where we, we regret that we said that a little bit, but no, it's, uh, it's, um, it's been cool to, to be part of young people's lives. Yeah. When, I mean, and it's just, you know, God can do so much with, with your yes. Right. It's like hmm. someone's doing that and you and Leslie are like, well, we're not, you know, therapists or whatever, but it's like, but God's, you know, if you just say yes, God's going to bless that. Right. If, hmm. if, if you just, if you show up and you're available and you try to just speak truth and wisdom, he honors that. That's not, I, I, I think, I think so often, I think we can be ineffective because we don't think we're qualified, mm-hmm. you know, but, but Jesus, you know, none of us are really qualified, right? We're just, for sure. I mean, if, 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 if we're born again and if we live by the spirit, God has equipped us to, to do these things. Like we're not really qualified, but I mean, that's like, that's what's beautiful. Like in, in, in Acts, when, when they saw Peter and John, they said they're ordinary unschooled men. And it's like, they were astonished. And I think mm-hmm. so often, you know, we think we need, you know, more degrees. We, we need to know it more intellectual knowledge, but really God just wants you to be available and just show up and, and, and love people well. And I think that's what you're doing. And that's, that's, that's really, it's really powerful because most, a lot of people have kind of lost that, just that sense of how to do community. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I mean, I mean, even for you, it's like, you're, you're well known, right? So I, I'm, I'm sure you also have security things as well of, of, you know, who is driving down a road at 11 o'clock at night because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you are well known, but seeing you just be open and available, you know, to open your house to, to people that, that need the truth and that need advice and that need wisdom. It's, it, it's really, it's really powerful. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a, uh, I tell people I'm a people person. Like I, I'm not the most outspoken, like I, but I love being around people. Like, and I, I think that community and and being around people and being present and really getting to know people and in a day and age where you know i think the the studies show it's like the loneliest time of of it's the most connected because of of the internet and and phones and all this thing but it's also like when they pull people it's the most lonely time in 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 man's history um i i i love to be around people and i love people at our house and we love to host people and so i'm a big relationship guy and and um I like I like having people around, and I love that. Well, I um, you know, we're coming to a close here. Do you do you have any lasting uh, you know, any 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 parting thoughts or any any parting things? I know that you and your wife do doing a ton of stuff, and I know that I saw that you guys have a podcast. Um, do you have anything that you want to share before we just end it here? <laughs> yeah, we put the podcast on a pause a little bit during the summer. We go crazy. We got kids, uh, as I've mentioned, you know, Ethan's playing in tournaments and Jackson's in, in, in Maryland. And uh, we've been traveling. And so getting a knocking out a podcast once a week in the summer is is, is almost impossible. But yeah, we do yeah. the Table 40 podcast. We'll probably start it back up in a couple of months and we'll have to get you on. But we uh, we've taken a little break. But yeah, no, I've just... Uh, like I said, I've enjoyed getting to come on and, and uh, talk about Jesus. Any chance I get to to share uh, my heart for for God and and for in uh, in using baseball and sports through that has been has been something you know post playing career um, that that I've enjoyed and and I, I you know I just love to compete too like you know I'm kind of taking up pickleball and uh, play I play basketball all the time I, I just uh, so. Um, like I said, I, uh, I, I'm, en- I'm en- enjoying, uh, being around my kids and my wife and, and, uh, um, but yeah, man. So appreciate you having me on, man. It was a pleasure. Really. Thank, thank you so much. This was, uh, it was, it was super encouraging just to, you know, see someone that's had the success that you've had, but, but, you know, just hear your perspective on, you know, as you compare it to Solomon, it's all, 
you know, it's all vanity. It's all striving, striving after the wind. So thank you for your, thank you, thank you for your wisdom and just your testament in your life to really, uh, you know, live for things that are eternal and not just satisfy with the things that are temporal. Yeah. Well, like I said, I appreciate you and appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, and, and like I said, we have a lot of mutual friends that speak so highly of, of you guys. And, and, uh, so thanks for, thanks for including me. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for joining me.